Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A crazy trade week, I think, is a way we can sum it up. There's that pinnacle $12 beans that we didn't get to see. And then the question is, what comes after $12? I know you guys are thinking, Susan, 13 14 but that's the big question. If we can get past that $12 mark, where does it go from there? Lots of talk, as we've been talking all week about what this Brazilian weather has been doing. It was a driving factor, but not as much in a Friday trade as many had hoped. And also talk about some fun trading and export sales. Just the tip of the iceberg of the things we're going to talk about. Joining us is Heather Ramsey. She is with the ARC Group. So I have to start there. You know, we didn't get close to the highs that some had thought we would get. And that $12 beans is like the golden carrot right now hanging out in front of everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it seems to be the most talked about um, market expectation uh, for quite some time, Um, which is really funny because when you look back to where we were this summer, um, we were hopeful that maybe we could see $9 feuds. And then we were hopeful maybe we'd see nine fifty. And then ever since then, the thing has just taken off like a rocket. And a lot of that is, you know, outside factors, um, you know, r- related to South American production as well then, you know, enhanced by a weak U.S. dollar. And so I think people thought once we combine those two together, wow, $12, let's go. And then, and then what? You know, and then that, that's the question that you alluded to. Well, it seems... 13, 14, it's kind of one of those recipes for um, if we hit this $12 mark, no one has a good feel for what the next level is. And quite frankly, um, you know, people to say that's where we're going, that $12 is where we should be, is, is, is really kind of, um, I guess, comical to say that anyone really knows where this market's going to go. Like, that's, that's just not reality at all. Um, trying to guess where this market might go based on supply and demand and funds. There's just so many moving pieces right now that to see the market get close to it is probably not, it should not be surprising at this point because there's just so many pieces and one piece falling out of place means that $12 is overpriced like the charts are showing. And so I think that's probably some of the, you know, reluctance for the market to really push over it at this point. We've had a couple of days here in the last week where we've gotten really, really close. Um, actually, uh, the Thursday night overnight into Friday morning is the closest we have been to that $12 futures mark having January beans uh, peak out at 11.96 and three quarters. But then to look at Friday trade, it, it significantly backed off. It almost kind of like, a, oh, wait a second, we're a little nervous to go at that level right now. And so I think it takes another, you know, round of bullish information to really push us over the edge there and quite re- quite frankly it does feel like that would be over the edge and then what and um you know so that's it's kind of an exciting feeling i think if you're a trader looking at the market but it's kind of also terrifying at the same time because as a hedger we know we need to be making decisions and pricing grain and taking risk off the table um but as a farmer hedger, you start looking at that and they're like, well, but if I take risk off the table and sell at these, you know, 1180s, 1190s, and then the market goes another dollar or $2 or whatever it might be, um, that almost feels just as paralyzing as looking at um, a downside possibility. So these are wild markets, and wild markets make it hard to stay disciplined and to keep risk management at the forefront and focus of what we're doing. And so that's 
you know, in our business, my business, that is the key thing I keep trying to reiterate to all of our farmer clients to say, remember what our goals are. Our goals are to reduce risk on our operation. If that means taking a swing, what feels like potentially too early, like let's remember that that first swing is better than any opportunity we've had in the last, you know, three to four to five years. So um, this, like I said, this $12 mark has been really interesting. It's created a lot of different emotions between traders and hedgers and end users. Um, it's, I, it's just kind of been mind-blowing, Susan, to see what we've done over the last three months on beans to go from 835 lows to then touching up and getting almost to $12 futes in this front crop year is, is just kind of like, wow. <laughs> you know, just wow. Is there, so I'm curious, as you look at this, I've seen a little bit of chitter-chatter here and there that there's some nervousness that our U.S. supplies on beans might be getting tighter as our export numbers, you know, we've seen so much moving out of the ports. Is there any truth to that nervousness? I mean, I definitely think that there is truth to um, supply constraints. Um, Obviously, we've shipped a bunch of beans out. Um, Every year, it feels like you look around the country this time of year and you're like, is there any beans left on farm anywhere? And I mean, beans are very, very minimal on farm stocks once we get past harvest normally. The better question is, what are these elevators, co-ops, private end users, what are, what are they doing with their bean stocks? Are they shipping them out? Are they putting them to processor? I definitely think that more beans have moved out on rail. Um, uh, you've got a lot more elevator-owned beans moving to processors right now. Uh, that is just looking at Nebraska in general. The bulk of beans moving into the end user processor right now are you know, elevator-owned bushels. I mean, that's just hands down what you see from a traffic standpoint. Um, you know, so there, there's always kind of that fear for how short will we be and everyone always wondering what's on farm because we just don't store a lot of beans on farm anyways. But I do think this is definitely pushing the comfort level. You know, where, these, where the bean carryout sits today, penciled out, is definitely pushing the comfort level on do we have beans or not. Now, I think what's pushing that even more is how dry uh, Brazil has been because typically we look and say, well, in February, you know, we're kind of we're kind of done for a while. We're expecting Brazil to handle that global load for us. Okay, well, um, stick around. I'm going to interrupt you for a second here. Uh, we got to head to commercial break. We'll talk more about the weather after this. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing the conversation with Heather Ramsey. She is with the ARC Group, and I feel bad I had to cut her off, but we had to get to commercial break. We know weather has been such a hot topic in Brazil and just South America in general, but this year it just seems that there's a little added urgency to it than what I remember in years past for this time of year. Yeah, we're definitely very focused on weather. And um, most often, Brazil isn't really a question of whether they're going to get rain or not. Usually it's like, gosh, are we going to be too wet? I and mean, that's usually a conversation we're having about South America. It's a, it's a tropical environment. You know, we expect to see rain. And so um, now, now that we're super dry, uh, people are starting to wonder, is this La Nina thing real? Is it? I mean, obviously it's real now, but, um, you know, how dry are we going to get? Are we going to... Can we sustain the plant health long enough till we get 
rain is the big thing. Um, I know earlier this week we had an, an overnight session that was actually down and then led into a very mild trading day. Uh, I believe that was uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday. Um, they got they got some significant rain in parts of Brazil and Argentina um, that day and that night. And so there's a lot of debate on how real is the production loss potential. Well, the production loss potential is very real. But it's kind of like talking about, you know, if the Midwest is dry, how dry and in what part? So there's going to be parts that definitely suffer more than others, but there's still going to be a crop. So to hear some, to read headlines and hear some people talk about, like, Brazil's not going to raise a crop, that is an unrealistic expectation, in my opinion. Um, they're going to raise a crop. It's just, is it going to be 20% less than, than typical? Will it be... 10%, 30%, you know, what is that range of expectations? And I really don't know if any trade traders, trade information analysts, if they really have a good grip on that. I haven't seen any real solid concrete numbers. I keep hearing ranges. Um, they're going to have an issue. We just don't know how big. And so that's kind of what we're trading right now, that whole, that old adage of, you know, buy the rumor, sell the fact. That's where we're at. We're, we're buying, buying, buying because the rumor is there's going to be no crop. And the reality is there will be a crop. We're just not sure how short. And if I had to draw on my past experience visiting Brazil, um, I would say that sometime in January, we'll start getting our first round of harvest data. Um, if it's a drier year, then maybe it'll be slightly sooner. But January, I would expect that we start to get some feedback from the field, right? Like, hey, early soybeans are coming out and they are X from a production standpoint. And so we're getting closer. Day by day, we're getting closer, which may lead to a little bit of slowdown on this run up in our rally. I'm not sure, it, it, you know, it could. Um, but as we get closer to that January timeframe, you know, they'll start pulling some beans out of the field, typically in that, um, Three to four, third to fourth week of January is when early beans will start coming out of the field. And so um, there's been some delay in seeding, so we might not see any information until that third, fourth week on early stuff. Um, it may be closer to the, you know, that first week of February. But still, I think you are getting closer to that date. It's going to take real information to give us more direction on the global supply standpoint and then how much does the U.S. have left to kind of make up for it and, you know, what what loss is a real loss in Brazil is, is the biggest question. So um, definitely going to be an interesting next couple of months watching weather, seeing what they get. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a tropical environment, so can we make up big rain volumes? We sure can, but will it be too little too late or will the plant have hung on long enough to really, you know, make a run with those later season rains. You know, export sales this week have been not very aggressive. I mean, I think we got so used to seeing constant talk mm -hmm. about it, and there just really hasn't been a lot. No, it's been pretty quiet on the export sales side of the market. Um, I expect that it probably, from everything I'm reading, I think everyone is expecting it to be fairly mild. Um, until maybe after the first of the year, again, to the point of getting close, more information about what can 
China specifically, what could they source from Brazil and Argentina versus what do they have to try and figure out how to source from other places. So I think that's one of the things. I mean, and if you look at it, these are are some record purchases put on over the last several months. And so you kind of wonder if if everyone's not just taking a little bit of a breather and trying to figure out what their appetite for purchases is at this point, just trying to like readjust and figure things out. Um, That sales pace, uh, you know, I, I don't think a sales pace like that could be maintained forever. There's not unlimited demand out there. You know, there's always a cap to demand. There's always a cap to supply. What is the best way for um, They can definitely check us out online at agrisconsulting.net or give us a call. Uh, the local number is 402-484-7474. And anyone, one of us will be happy to chat with you and answer questions um, that should come up. All right. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.